Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. What day is today? Friday. Today is Friday. But it's also... Fourth of July weekend. Fourth of July weekend. Fourth of July weekend. You know what that means? Bottle rockets, frog launchers, weaving mamas, firecrackers, Roman candles, buzz buttles, snicker bombs, church burners. It's Independence Day. Independence Day. Happy Independence Day. July 4th. Happy Fourth of July. Light the fuse. Light the fuse and run away. Because it's showtime! Everything's running smoothly. Popping up a storm, my goodness, happy Friday. And this right here is your KC Morning Show, baby! A yippee Friday to the KC Morning. Okay, hey, what is the word today? Um, the word today is fribes. It's Friday vibes. Fribes. Fribes. Friday vibes. I like to make everything into vibes. Um, there's fribes, that's Friday vibes, then we got vibes, which is bi vibes. <laughs> Um, what, wives, weed vibes? We got that story coming up in the news, too. Yeah, vibes. We had a fun night last night. I guess that was our first real concert together. Yeah. Like like a a non-working, let's just kick it and watch a band play some songs on a stage. Wild, to say the least. Fits in the tantrums. We have a very special connection with that band in Kansas City. My first show at The Buzz 2013 was Aventra's Prom. And Fitz and the Tantrums, they were headliners. Maybe me, hashtag black intern, because that was a thing. And so they let me watch Fitz set, and it was just the best. Getting the goosebumps, like, wow, this this could be my life. That's pretty cool. And now, fast forward all the way to now, this new normal, my first show as just a fan with you is Fitz and the Tantrums. First show of my old normal, first show of my new normal. That's pretty dope. Wow. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Had some ass shakers. It was good. Everybody was. Yeah. Ah, you love to see it. We took some walks to get here. And we're still taking walks. And they were the worst of walks. But at the end of the day, we wanted to get back to doing this with each other. We still got more work to do so we can hang out with more of us. But I want to say that we're on our way. But yeah, still more work to go as we will also talk about in the news. Delta ain't no joke. Neither is Southwest. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Are you for real? People are dogging on Southwest right now and I don't, you know. Don't try to save that. No, don't try to save this. Shall we do a weather dealio? Hell yeah. That rain has stopped. It was still a little little damp out there this morning, but hey. What is this accident? Where are we going? Where are we going? I don't know. I was just trying to follow it. 86 degrees and sunshine. Lots of sunshine on your Friday. Winds light and variable. On this, your best local podcast. We are your best because we dabble in the details like, for example, your UV index. What is that number out of 10? Kids, hey. A nine? No. A 10? It's a 10 out of 10. Wow. Don't get any higher than that. So I know it's a 10 out of 10, but I'm not going to lie. I was going to ask if you could help me. I'm going to put my fake tan on today. I, I just don't have time. I will wax on and wax off. You know what I'm saying? hey oh, happy Friday. Come on. Okay. Good. 68 degrees tonight. Winds out of the west, northwest, 4 NPH is a waning crescent moon this evening, Kitty. Saturday, mostly sunny and 88. And on your 4th of July, Kitty, a patriotic, partly cloudy sky. 89 degrees 
What's that little TikTok or that Vine? It's a girl that's like, I'm just ready to like some firecrackers. Is that you? Don't, don't be popping no firecrackers in my face. What is it? How's it go? It's so funny. I mean, I'll do like the occasional one, but no. Like, I've never been a big fireworks guy. Like, I love watching them. I will go see a show. That's but, like, boring. Boring. I want to light them. Why? Pyro? Fire. Yeah, exactly. Because fire. Me cave girl. Me like fire. I get a headache with the gunpowder. Oh, it smells so good. What's wrong with you? A lot of things. And that right there, you're with the earth. It's your KC Morning Show. That's it. Baby. What you rolling your eyes for? Because you're going to make this an American thing. And again, I just want to blow shit up and you're like oh the declaration of independence our forefathers um a bunch of old white guys in wigs who wouldn't have let hartzell have any rights yeah let's praise the crap out of them right now bud but yeah continue tell me what you're gonna tell me about history i mean fireworks are cool that's what i thought yeah you want to blow some ish up i mean when you put it like that you know if you got some extra sparklers or something maybe give a few to me i'll play you can have a snake, and that's it. Oh, you know what? Let's meet in the middle. Those little parachute guys. Those are pretty fun. I like those. On the show today, Kitty, Chris Weish, talking about the Stars and Stripe picnic at World War One Museum and Memorial. I'm hosting, so that's super awesome. Also on the show, Elad Gross. He is a civil rights attorney, constitutional lawyer. He ran for attorney general last go around. He was in the news this week because he sued Governor Mikey P, and he won. He sued the state of Missouri, and the Missouri Supreme Court said Alad was in the right. Going to be a game changer for Missouri's sunshine law as far as, like, transparency. And we also got Sean Edwards, Fox 4 film critic, KC Morning Show film critic. He's going to be talking to uh, Chris Pratt. It's got a movie out. The Tomorrow War. Mm. Something like that. Okay. Straight up sci-fi. All right. So, as you can tell, a busy show. A stacked show. A big Friday feel, if you will. Will you? I, I fribe. You know what? Just take two laps. I'm going to make Fribe happen. Hey, Fetch happened, didn't it? Fetch happened. So I think I can make something happen. Before we get to the news, though, Kitty, did you find yourself over the last 16, 17 months going through a bit of GOMO? If you're going to GOMO me, what is it? <laughs> GOMO, Kitty, is the grief of missing out. Grief of missing out. You're familiar with FOMO. That's the fear of missing out. You know, this is the grief of missing out. In fact, Kitty, four in 10 Americans have now said they have experienced what is called GOMO during the course of the pandemic. What are you laughing at? Because I'm just laughing, thinking that like some of us are introverts and I've taken these last like 16, 17 months and uh, felt LOMO, um, love of missing out. (laughs) 43% of folks said they experienced GOMO by watching people who have just basically new experiences in general. Whatever that means. I guess Whatever that means. People who decided Sex to find- Sex with a stranger. Ah, that new pasta dish. 44% said seeing people swimming triggered some big time GOMO. Yeah, seeing people um, out in public, maskless, or on vacation, that triggered um, AOMO. Oh, what's this one? Anger. <laughs> Anger of missing out that you're being stupid. 52% of folks had their GOMO triggered by seeing people going to the movies. I didn't really see a lot of people going to the movies. I mean, we went to the drive-in. Is that what they're talking about? Because people are just sad to be sad. 52 of us were triggered by seeing characters shopping in person in stores and in malls. Number one, 60% of us had our GOMO triggered the hardest by seeing people eating in restaurants. I swear to gosh, if y'all don't get off of this, I'm sorry. I don't understand 
the big hoop de doo about eating in a restaurant. I'm not a foodie, so maybe I just don't get it. But I really don't care. I've been a server. I've been a bartender. Oh, so you're projecting. You're projecting. I'm not, it's not even projecting. It's just like, what is so great about someone else cooking for you? It was the idea of being no, back to normal. It's that people Katie. are psychotic. <laughs> you're psychotic. Cook a freaking meal at home. Talk to your kids. You know, shit. Have a cobbler. Have a, have a cob and a conversation. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? Good day. Shall we do some news? Yeah, I guess. Oh, you got a freestyle, don't you? I yeah. feel like we've done so much news already, but I mean, get some more. Some, do more news. Friday, July 2nd. Let's do that news. In other news, this city needs its news. News team, assemble! My name's Arthur, that's Kitty, and this right here, this is a news break. Take a little break with the news. It can be done. We're about to do it. We're going to do the news. Yeah. What is this little jig you got going on? Is you, are you gassing yourself up? How do you get boned up for this little freestyle? Cause you know, I don't. I've always been curious as to, you know, what's going on in your mind as you're writing this thing down and just spitting it out. You know, I, I don't do stand-up for a reason because I know it would, would terrify me. I don't rap for a reason because I don't think I'd be very good at it. And it terrifies me. But you, you seem to got it. Not even phased by it. Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> No, no. After, after every freestyle, uh, my stomach is in knots, and I sit there just kind of thinking about it for like the next 10 minutes. And so then when you ask me, like, oh, what did you think about that story? I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'm still thinking about myself. All right, Kitty, you ready to go? Let's do it. Don't do that thing you do. I'm going I'm to give it to you. Ooh, Kitty's going to give it to you. <laughs> Alex, going to give it to you. Oh, Fridays, I KC Morning Show Kitty. She takes the headlines that were. She styles them. She profiles them. And then she just throws them back at you in your face, dog. Spits them back at you, dog. Kitty, are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. A five, six, seven. Kitty, break them all. Hey, hello. Hi. Holy freaking shit. It's July. <laughs> now we all ask, are those gunshots or fireworks lighting up the night sky? A rapist is walking free. The disgrace formerly known as Bill Cosby. We demanded justice for Britney, not this half-assed mockery. And for my girl Shikari, please someone make it make sense to me. In lighter news, because who wants the heat? Summer is in full swing. First Friday's live music and food trucks are back. So get backs and take some time to reunite with friends and relax. It's a wrap, and I'm Kitty Cat. This is your KC Morning Show. Hardy, hit that track. Oh, DJ, hit that track. That was good. So, yeah. You like that I sandwiched the important stuff in between the I did. A nice freestyle Sammy. Yum. Noms for days. Eat it up. Let's do this. Let's do COVID. The more infectious Delta variant of COVID-19 is now in Wyandotte County. Tonight, the Unified Government Health Department confirms 22 new cases and one new death. Um, a community like Wyandotte that has very low vaccination rates, that it could spread very quickly. Chief Epidemiologist Elizabeth Gronwick says more than half of the new Delta cases are people 30 years old and under. 
the age group with the lowest vaccination rates. True. I think that a lot of younger people have maybe been holding off on getting vaccinated because they don't feel um, like it's important or that COVID's a risk for them. As of yesterday, only 31% of people have been fully vaccinated in Wyandotte County. I kind of think of places like Wyandotte County that have low vaccination rates as sitting ducks when it comes to the Delta variant. To limit the spread of the variant, especially heading into the busy holiday weekend, and for those unvaccinated to continue to wear a mask. But if we continue to push to get more people vaccinated and people make the right choice to get vaccinated, that we can change the course that we're on right now. Not good, Kitty. This Delta, we keep trying to tell y'all. If you have not got your shot, you are a sitting duck. I mean, the science is solid. Go get that thing. The overall seven-day positivity rate for the state is now climbed to 9.2. Still down from our high of 23.1 back in November. Yeah, that's, that's true. But also, we haven't seen a number this high since January 24th. We have vaccines. Like, anything over zero is too much at this point, right? I mean gotta clean it up gotta jab it in you know i keep that thing on b and by thing i mean microchip <laughs> chips only baby sour cream and onion it is a fourth of july weekend which means we got folks traveling fourth of july in a post vaccine new normal so yeah folks are folks are back out we're back in the streets kansas city international airport is projecting more than 130,000 passengers for the fourth of july weekend continuing a surge in traffic down 95 percent in the number of uh, people going through the airport now we're seeing uh, numbers of about five, almost 500% over last year. People are flying again, feeling comfortable about it, maybe uh, even just a little bit of cabin fever. So um, we're doing our best to, to be ready for them here at the airport. Don't forget to pack your mask, though. Federal requirements still have them in place at the airport and on airplanes. Wear a mask and, and uh, make sure you just pack your patients because we have some lines and uh, uh, some of the uh, employers are short-staffed like a lot of others are. Too. You ever been to the air show, Kitty? Casey Staple, the... Uh, with the the blue guys? With the blue guys, yes. Yeah. What blue Angels? Called? Blue Angels. Yeah, no, I've seen them plenty of times. Are you kidding me? We got an added bonus, though, this year. Oh, a dark blue angel? <laughs> the Casey Air Show takes flight tomorrow at the New Century Air Center in Gardner, Kansas. You'll get to see some spectacles in the sky, including the Thunderbirds, along with the Blue Angels. You can catch those performances and more on Saturday and Sunday. Gates open at 9 a.m. with the shows expected to start around 9.30 on both days and end at roughly 5 p.m. This never happens. It's actually a pretty big deal. This never happens, everyone. This is a big deal. I don't understand. But <laughs> I always did want to learn how to fly a plane. I'm not going to lie. So I think it's cool. Mayor Q, Kitty, and uh, the city council interested in passing some resolutions now. We're all dealing with the fallout post-Surfside, the building collapsed down in florida taking stock and saying hey like maybe we should look into some of this stuff this is infrastructure by the way we've been having a lot of talk about infrastructure the last weeks and months this is that mayor quentin lucas tells me that what he saw in florida and also some of the examples that we see right here is the inspiration for this resolution that would take a closer look at the inspection of buildings owned and leased by the city in fact the mayor tells me that when it comes to examples of crumbling infrastructure he did not have to look far because he can find plenty of examples right here at City Hall. What we've seen recently in Miami, when you look at pictures of a building where there was rebar exposed, where there were concrete issues, significant flooding, and a basement area, a garage area, and we have the same thing here in our very old City Hall building, it gives me cause for concern. I think it gives much of the rest of City Council cause for concern. Acting on that concern, Mayor
Mayor Quentin Lucas introduced a resolution where the city manager would review current policies on inspecting buildings owned or leased by the city. I think all options are on the table to make sure that we keep people safe. And if we're seeing a, a failure in building codes in one part of the country, I think it's a sign that maybe there's more work we can do. Kitty, you tease it up for us in the freestyle. Oh, my girl Shikari. What the hell? Shikari, we are so sorry. Shikari Richardson, the U.S. women's 100-meter champion who dominated at the Olympic trials, has tested positive for marijuana following that race. And this morning, that has put her Olympic future in doubt. At the Olympic trials, the 21-year-old Dallas native won the 100-meter dash in a blazing 10.86 seconds, making her the fastest woman in America. A U.S. Olympic source telling NBC News she failed a drug test after her finals win, testing positive for THC, the chemical found in marijuana. According to her lawyers, Shakari has been suspended from the Olympic team, and her failed test may cause her to lose her spot on Team USA entirely. That means she won't be allowed to compete in her signature event, the 100 meters. Shakari captured the hearts of millions when she ran into the stands after her victory and hugged her grandmother just a week after losing her biological mother. Not making an excuse or looking for any empathy in my case, but just however, being in that position of my life, finding out something like that, something that I would say is probably one of the biggest things that have impacted me positively and negatively in my life when it comes to dealing with the relationship I have with my mother. We all have our different struggles. We all have our different things we deal with. But to put on a face, to have to go in front of the world and put on a face and hide my pain, um, like, who? I don't know. Who are you? Or who am I to tell you how to cope when you're dealing with a pain or you're dealing with a struggle that you've never experienced before. And I've been looking at a lot of the reactions online, the tweets. A lot of wannabe narcs on the timeline. Uh, yeah. So a lot of not fun people at a party on the timeline. I get it. Yeah, it's a rule, but like it needs to be fixed. One of the reasonings behind suspending her is that it, you know, it, it taints the purity of the sport. Like, f off. Like, I why? Because she goes and runs her ass off and then she's like, holy sh**. I'm tired. Let me let me have a little J before bed. And she made a really good point. She's not going to tell anybody how to cope. She just lost her mother. We prescribe marijuana medically. And I get that. Yeah, it's a rule right now. that says You can't get high while trying to be an athlete. But we should change that rule. I ran track in college. Like I ran against folks who are professionals and Olympians. And I know what we do in the offseason. You know, I know also that a lot of pain meds that would be normally prescribed to folks who deal with chronic pain if you're a professional athlete you can't take some of that stuff well guess what works weed guess what has been legally prescribed now by doctors as a way to cure a host of ailments including depression which shikari is going through weed so for all the narcs and squares out there bashing her as some way to make yourself feel better because you can't run 100 meters in an hour let alone 10.8 seconds which is what she did yeah maybe you should think about her instead of what she did because she even tweeted i'm human we're all human and you know what this human likes to do get high weed was an essential item those businesses remained open in states that it was legal employee essential employee and now she can't compete because she smoked a little bit of reefer may lose sponsorships out of this and yeah again she made the decision we know the rule but you know what michael phelps is a decorated olympian and we've caught him ripping 
hella bongs. So, you know what? I'm so sick of the double standard. So sick of it. But to some lighter sports news, I believe three cheers for our guy, Gianluca Busio. Got the call up, headed to the Gold Cup, the men's national team. I got a call from Greg, and, you know, I was playing uh, 2K, actually, so I was a little surprised to get the, the first text, and then he called me, and, you know, he just told me that, you know, you were calling you up for the, the Gold Cup, and, you know, I was excited. Didn't really know what to say exactly, but, you know, obviously I just said thank you, and I'm excited to get in. So, uh, yeah, it was a good call to get, and, you know, I'm happy to, to make the team. So it's a different atmosphere. It's a different just, uh, you know, passion. Every player takes more pride in, in the game when, you know, they put that crest on and, you know, I'm excited to do it for the, the men's team. Look, it's a deserving um, call up for him. He's played incredibly well. I think his progression over the last couple of years has been fantastic. Um, I can't say enough about his attitude. I can't say enough about um, his maturity for his age. Um, all of those things are, uh, again, just the call-up is, is well-deserved. Y'all need to get out to Tilda's Mercy Park and come see this man because he's special. This team is special, and I think this, team, this team's got some real legs, as they say. Kitty, they've got legs. She's got legs. They know how to use them. Okay, you like that one? I won you at the end, didn't I? Sure. Score, I scored at the end, didn't I, huh? Bring it all full circle. Okay, okay. you take a lap. <laughs> Maybe I'll take a lap in a pool. Hell of a transition, huh? Hell of a transition. And it's an Olympic story with some local ties. God, I'm good at what I do. Pictures. She did an interview. And awards in Veronica Malone's basement. Highlight the time she spent coaching swimmers in Olympic Games and creating the KC Blazers swim team. I committed for five years. I was here 35 years. Watching the Olympics' first transgender athlete, weightlifter Laurel Hubbard of New Zealand, will lead to a new Olympic memory for Malone, who transitioned herself after retiring. This gave me a much motivation to become my authentic self. She spent her time away from the pool advocating for transgender high school athletes with lawmakers in Jefferson City. Freedom. And in Olathe, where she urged the city council to adopt non-discrimination policies. And ensure understanding. Being authentic hasn't been just a cakewalk, but I believe in the Olympics and I believe in fairness. And I believe in making the world better if I have the privilege to live. One of the terminals, Kitty, in the downtown airport, the Wheeler Airport, it now goes by a new name. And this is just an amazing story. The 101-year-old fighter pilot was emotional at the ceremony honoring him today, many calling him a living legend for his military career. Brigadier General Charles McGee earned his pilot's wings as a Tuskegee Airman back in 1943. He would go on to make history not only as a fighter pilot, but as a role model. He hopes his legacy lives on here at the Wheeler Airport. To have the name up that won't get washed away in the rain or the storm to come, that the right message is carried on here at the airport on into the future. Tuskegee Airmen were a group of primarily African-American military pilots and airmen who fought in World War II. General McGee flew more than 400 combat missions in three wars. He went on to become the first black commander of the Richards Gebauer Reserve Base. He retired in Kansas City and for years managed the downtown airport. I would call him a hero. And not just for his military contribution, but again, for the many uh, contributions he made on the civilian side. Colonel Charles E. McGee. You saw General McGee do the coin toss at the Super Bowl when the Chiefs took the title in 2020. That same year, he was promoted to Brigadier General. Still, McGee says his greatest calling is mentoring young people because they're our future. And that future can only be what we would all hope it to be if you each do your part. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Let's go national, Kitty. The Trump Organization's longtime CFO appearing in handcuffs, indicted tonight along with the company that bears the former president's name, accused of what prosecutors called a sweeping and audacious tax fraud scheme. They allege the Trump Organization, over the last 15 years, paid top execs off the books, giving out fringe benefits like cars, apartments, and tuition, amounting to, for Alan Weisselberg, an extra $1.7 million in compensation, which should have been taxed. Instead, prosecutors say Weisselberg evaded some $900,000 in federal, state, and local taxes and got more than $100,000 in refunds he was never owed. The defendants, facing 15 counts, including second-degree grand larceny, pleading not guilty. Uh-oh, Daddy Trump, the heat's getting hot. What are we going to do, boss? What are we going to do? I don't like that. You didn't like that? No. Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump. Stop it. What are we going to do, Mr. Trump? Don't say a word. I got Ivanka on the case. Jared and Ivanka, they're working on it. Don't worry about it. Stop. That wasn't a bad Trump. It's probably one of your better Trumps. One of, like, I, and I hereby retire. I'm done. And now, Kitty, we got to go to Arizona. Um, this is a big deal. This is a big, big deal. And I'm so happy that we got Alad Gross on the show. He'll be explaining this Arizona Supreme Court decision. Um, it's not good. In a major test of the landmark Voting Rights Act, the court took up two restrictions in Arizona, one allowing the state to throw out votes cast in the wrong precinct, and another that said only voters, their family members, or caregivers can turn in a person's mail ballot. Democrats said both made it harder for minorities to vote. But by a vote of 6-3, to three, with the court's liberals dissenting, the court upheld the restrictions. Justice Samuel Alito's majority opinion said all voting laws impose some burden, and they don't cross the line even if they create small disparities in voting as long as the state has some justification for them. But in a blistering dissent, Justice Alina Kagan said the court ignores that voter discrimination is getting worse. She said the ruling weakens the Voting Rights Act, a law that stands as a monument to America's greatness and protects against its basest impulses. Election law experts say the court now leaves few legal weapons to challenge new voting restrictions recently passed in nearly 20 states. There's really not much left. All of the major tools have been significantly weakened or eliminated. There's an argument to be made, I think the correct argument, that we weren't really a democracy in this country until about 1965, passage of the Voting Rights Act. That ain't that much time from then to now. And it feels like we're going backwards here, y'all. So Kitty, you want to fire the fireworks. I want to watch the fireworks. And we, we find ourselves at an impasse. I'll get you some sparklers. It's fine. Yes. This guy, though, guy in florida because of course it's a florida man of course of course he is protesting these fireworks he wants nothing to do with them wants no part of them my default is petty so game recognized game this is this is pretty good the dogs were barking and we go outside and and this guy is screaming i mean so loud <laughs> he seemed to be upset that people were celebrating early my parents used to line us kids up out in the backyard and say scatter, and they would just start shooting bottle rockets at us. No one ever got seriously hurt, <laughs> but that's definitely one of my like childhood memories, and I'm like, you just can't do that with kids these days. Kids these days, am I right? <laughs> kids these days. They're just not built the way we were. You're listening to the KC Morning Show. Finally, the rock has come back to Kansas City. They love the Rocky Casey. The Casey Morning Show. I'm here with my, my good friend, my buddy, Chris Weiss. Now, what is your title at 
World War One, Chris? I'm Vice President for Facilities Ooh. and Technology. VP. I show up. Mr. VP, you do show up. You yeah, show up every day. I show up. And my friend, we're all going to show up tomorrow. The Stars and Stripes picnic. Um, how did this happen? We got we have fireworks from World War One, my friend. Well, it, it's pretty simple. That you know, over the years, people have always thought, oh, well, they do a fireworks show there, but we haven't. And we started talking about it um, probably before everything happened with COVID. But then uh, we got going, and we thought, okay, well, here is uh, something we still want to do. And then the more that we watched everything. Uh, we saw where the president was pointing towards July 4th weekend as kind of the grand reopening. So that kind of fit. And July 4th weekend was on a weekend. And so the third kind of fit because there's not as many things going on. And so we just decided, okay, well, let's try it. So we did kind of a test run with Balloon Glow. We found out Kansas City comes out and we need to have enough porta potties. So uh, let me just say for the record, there's 105 of them. Um, I will personally check them all myself, Chris. We we actually own stock in it at this point, <laughs> I think. I don't know. But <laughs> to but, the moon. But you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. We have uh, gates open at three. We thought we'd just do a twenty minute fireworks show. And we're doing a twenty minute fireworks show. But it comes at the end of a three and a half hour concert that you're hosting. I am. Thank you so much, my friend. An honor. There features a lot of, uh, of of really cool things, including the Navy Leapfrogs right at the beginning, landing right in front of the stage. And then we've got uh, a Navy Brass Band. We've got a nice a nice mix. Navy Brass. Then uh, Emma Joe, who's from here, and more of a, a, of a, I don't know, Americana. I don't know how to describe every bit of music these days. And then... Finally, uh, uh, we've got an, another Navy band called Horizons, which is a rock and roll band. I've seen their set list. It is it is eclectic, and it is pretty cool. Uh, and then that leads into the 20 minutes of fireworks that are set to music, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know it's bigger than that, right? It's bigger, you know, as you just saw, it's bigger than balloons. As you're going to see tomorrow, as we all are going to see, it's bigger than fireworks. What's this mean? What's this mean to you? Well, it's, it's a really neat opportunity to, to have people come to the memorial, which, you know, we think of the memorial for so many reasons, but it is kind of a gathering place for all of Kansas City. And through the, throughout the, the, uh, the last 16 months, we've done a lot of things outdoors, and people have used our facilities outdoors. And we love having people on the 47 acres. And so that's what we're going to have, although it'll only be half because the other half is occupied by the guys shooting off the fireworks. But we've got uh, we got plenty of food, plenty of drink. People can bring their own picnics, bring, uh, bring uh, blankets. It's probably the first event in a long time, certainly since I've been there, where we've invited people to be uh, in the in the mall, um, the because the trucks will be on the U Drive, and the stages are at the Walk of Honor in front of the museum, and perfect view of the fireworks from the mall. Uh, perfect view of the stage, perfect view of the fireworks. And a perfect time to be in Kansas City with Kansas Cityans. Celebrating us. We got the Stars and Stripes picnic tomorrow. I, I have the honor of hosting. Cannot wait to see you, my brother. We're actually recording this at a concert now, so we're going to go back to that. Fitz and Tantrum's my man. Thank you, Hartzell. Going straight.
straight to one place, right to Kansas City. The KC Morning Show. Alad Gross, my brother. Welcome to the KC Morning Show. I have been ecstatic to have you on the show. Be still my nerd SCOTUS heart. And I know that that's talking directly up your alley, my friend. Alad Gross, he is a constitutional and civil rights attorney. He was in the news himself this week. You over here waking up to tweets saying that the Missouri Supreme Court kind of thinks you're a big deal. I'm going to have to talk to the courts because they're getting me those notices three hours after Twitter does. So, after, not hey, I'll before, take it. after Twitter does. After, yeah, it's it's crazy, yeah. You may have seen a gross V somebody on that decision. <laughs> that gross is a lot gross, and a lot is yeah. now on your KC Morning Show. How you doing, brother? Oh, great. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I am doing so well. I'm so happy to talk to you because you ran for Missouri Attorney General. That's right. You, you are not Attorney General, uh, so we know, no. how that, we know how that played out. But man, I can tell you right now, <laughs> I'm so proud of your campaign. I have never been more proud to cast a vote for somebody I believed in. Oh, well, thank you. You know, one of the big things that kicked off what you were doing was this lawsuit that you filed mm. against yeah. the state of Missouri. Fill us in, my friend, and, and, and kind of break down what happened yeah i mean it all it only took three years right the uh, <laughs> the wheels of justice as they say so yeah no just got a decision uh earlier this week um in the case it's uh, a lot gross versus uh governor michael parson and uh, some of his staff members as well and uh, that was a huge decision on uh, missouri's sunshine law and for those of you who don't know uh that's the public records law in Missouri. And why it's important is, you know, this was one of many laws, uh, and actually Missouri was on the forefront of this, of really pushing for transparency in government and government records and meetings, all of these different things that we all take for granted that members of the media report on, uh, school board meetings, all the way up to what's happening in the governor's office. And uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was a situation where I asked for um, some records from the governor uh, about three years ago now, and uh, they they had quite a few. They refused to give them to me unless I paid a whole bunch of money and waited a long time. And they were trying to charge me all these huge fees. And um, you know, I said no. I said that was wrong, and they didn't change their mind. And I ended up having to uh, litigate for three years against the state, against the attorney general's office, and uh, yeah, the Supreme Court in a uh, Missouri Supreme Court in a unanimous decision. Uh, said that the governor was wrong, and uh, I won on every substantive point. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a very big victory, not only for me in my case, but really for folks all across our state who have been fighting for transparency and accountability in our government, which is a very big deal. And you know me, that's that's one of the biggest deals I've got right now for the state of Missouri. So very excited and, and very happy with the result. First reaction that went through your mind. Well, first reaction was, well, I better find the link to this case so I can read it <laughs> and see how it went. You know, it was, it was very cool to kind of go through because, you know, you don't know what the decision's going to be. And I mean, I lost at the trial court level and I was very surprised. Um, and, and that's, you know, kind of how this fight started escalating into the appellate court where I won on many issues, but not all of them. And so, you know, I've been talking to a lot of attorneys around the state. Uh, different groups, uh, different news agencies. And, you know, everybody's really been impacted by this. And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted that fight to continue. And so I uh, spent a lot of time preparing for Missouri Supreme Court and uh, very excited that we got. To, I mean, it's a landmark decision in government transparency in Missouri and one that's going to be used for a very, very long time uh, to make sure that we uh, we get what's art. I mean, it's really 
you know, members of the public being able to access records that are already ours. And uh, the government never should have been, you know, abusing this law the way it has been for the last several years now. This appeal stems from a 2018 Sunshine request. Molly Elad Gross is appealing a lesser court's ruling in favor of Governor Parsons' office. Now, he's accusing Governor Parsons' office for charging excessive fees for a request into the governor's campaign contributions. Gross sued the governor's office after he was told that his request for emails and other documents would cost him about $3,600. He requested roughly 13,000 documents from the governor's office. In the 48-page brief Gross filed with the Missouri Supreme Court, he says the governor's office abused its discretion by not waiving or reducing fees. You know, where are we yeah. headed as far as the rights of the people, transparency? You know, this Arizona Supreme Court decision yesterday, yeah. that is monumental in all the wrong ways. Yeah. We have a housing crisis. I know you're on the forefront trying to deal with that right now. So, you know, as, mm-hmm. we, as we close the door on one chapter, here we are now right. having to go back to work for what is now going to be even maybe more of a challenge. So where are we at and where do we go a right. lot? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for this one, uh, just, just to stay on this case for a second, um, this one is not quite done. So a lot of folks are like, oh, you know, you go to the Supreme Court and you're all done. Um, and you'll see this with a lot of the uh, U.S. Supreme Court cases, too, that really you're getting a decision in the middle of the case and then it's being sent down for further proceedings. So, for example, in this Sunshine Law one that I've been participating in, um, it actually uh, this was early on in the trial stages. I was in the middle of discovery. I had subpoenas issued. It was part of an investigation into uh, corruption involving our former governor, Governor Eric Greitens, who's now running for Senate. And so I asked the government for a bunch of records, and obviously he was a part of that government. And I didn't know they were going to have so many communications between him and a bunch of his big donors who were really trying to hide who was donating to Eric Greitens through a fake charity. And that was part of this big investigation that I was doing. And so I got, you know, I found out that the government had a ton of records about this. So now it goes back to the trial court level where uh, I'm going to now have to talk to uh, Eric Greitens under oath, a few other folks under oath to figure out exactly what was going on. In addition to that, I have another Sunshine Law case um, on a different issue that the government keeps trying to find ways to close off these records to members of the public. Uh, that case is uh, me versus our current attorney general. So it still involves the state of Missouri, and that one is proceeding. But I think with both of these cases, uh, and hopefully a similar result on the second one, we'll really be able to secure our right to see public records uh, as a result of both of those. Now, you bring up uh, a couple really interesting points from the United States Supreme Court, because uh, this case from Arizona, for example, is is one where that's not quite what's going to happen you know so so when it went up to the supreme court they were really looking at kind of the the final decision now on uh the voting rights act and uh how it applies to um some of the things that were going on in arizona specifically they were looking at you know situations where voting uh rules were having a disparate impact on racial minorities and a worse impact Um, And so they were looking at uh, the Voting Rights Act, which has really been uh, unfortunately gutted in a huge way by the United States Supreme Court back in 2013 with some earlier cases there. 
And uh, and now we're, we're here. And, and there's a lot of questions that are left by this case. It doesn't I don't want everybody to be like really disenchanted. It's not a great decision, but it, it doesn't it doesn't eliminate the possibility of enforcing the voters voting rights act or what's left of it, I should say, moving forward. It does, however, really stress the need that if we want to have fair and free elections in the United States, we really need to consider what Congress's responsibility is in all of this, what laws they really need to pass to ensure that everybody has uh, you know, access to the ballot. And you know, I, th- I think this case, unfortunately, kind of muddied the waters in a lot of ways uh, in terms of what is going to be enforced, how people are going to be protected under the current law. But it certainly highlights the need for us to update those laws to make sure that people have have the right to vote, which is fundamental in our democracy. How do you do it, man? I'm a big, I'm a big proponent in the, in, you know, you celebrate the wins, small victories yeah. are victories, and then you follow that up with a case that is just the definition of just a tragedy. How do you stay motivated? How do you stay encouraged when, you know, sometimes it feels like everything we're doing is just an exercise in insanity? This country doesn't work unless we're fighting for it. You know, and I think we've seen that throughout the history where we started in one place and we've we've tried to progress to a point where those words that were written down so long ago by folks who really didn't understand them mean something to us today. And I think that that's kind of, you know, I think it's a really beautiful thing of what America can be. And I think it gives so much of us opportunity. You know, we always talk about this country as the land of opportunity, but so so it's so easy for us to go outside. And I've been working with kids in St. Louis City for a long time for us to to just look around us and see the lack of opportunity for so many people. And I think what really motivates me is the potential that we have. Like we know we can make this stuff work. Uh, we know what the right thing is. We know that folks can can live in in a society where we're free and where we're working together and where everybody has this opportunity. But we're not there. And, um, you know, for me, I think I really think back to the kids I've worked with, to the families I've worked with all across the state, to the folks who are doing the right thing and want to see the right thing happen. And that's what really motivates me. And so when I look at a case like that, you know, I always try to see uh, whether it's mine or some, you know, any any else's like what what opportunity has that case provided us, even if it's, you know, something that really sucks to be honest with you just that uh, this is a decision we don't like what what in there can we use to distinguish it or or mo- or find a path forward because i think it's that struggle that is going to make our country stronger and sometimes that struggle is harder different times uh we are we are going through some times right now that's for sure but uh you know it it, it will not mean anything unless we're willing to fight for it and that's that's really in my view um, how we're going to get to a future that we all can live with each other and, and really appreciate what we have together. And so, um, yeah, I mean, for me, there's there's no really other choice here. Um, and uh, I, I think that the fight for a democracy that actually works for all of us is is the fight that we all need to be in. And I'm trying to bring it. You know me. I've tried to bring as many folks along with me as possible. So uh, that's the uh, whole point, brother. I enjoy it. That's why we yeah. do this, man. That That's why we do yeah. this. Before I let you go, Alad, what are you working on now? I know I've been seeing you posting stuff about housing. What can we do about we it? Do. And what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I am doing a lot of work in on the housing front right now. Um, I am working with landlords and tenants, primarily in the St. Louis area. But honestly, if you contact me, I'll, I'll try to find help for you. But I'm trying to help folks um, access 
uh, resources that are out there. There, there's rental assistance that's out there. There will soon be, uh, you know, foreclosure assistance and mortgage assistance. So there's funding that's available out there. We just need to get it to the right people. So right now there is a moratorium uh, on evictions that has been extended through the end of this month in July. Uh, and so it's extremely important that over the next this month that we get as many folks as possible into these programs and, and getting these resources because we need to avoid a mass eviction crisis. Um, housing is a very big issue. The, the lack of affordable housing all throughout the country uh, is a really big issue right now. And there's an opportunity with the funding that's come from the federal government for us to do a lot of good lasting work in this area. So, you know, I, there's not too many allowed grosses out there, folks. So if you need some help, find me and uh, we'll get you in the right place. There's statewide programs that are available right now and uh, we can get you help. So don't despair. Give me a call, find me and uh, we'll get you in the right spot. I would be remiss, my friend, if I didn't ask you this. I mean, you know, we got we got some voting to do here in a, you know, a mm. couple of years and then we got another voting thing to do in a couple of years after that. Am I going to see a lot gross on a on a ballot or two? Oh man, I, I had you know I had such a good time and <laughs> uh, you know, I I've, I've had a lot of folks who have been asking that question um, and uh, considering that my dog wasn't too upset after this last one. You know, I, I was called to do that, I think. And that was, you know, we talked about the lawsuit a bit and why I got involved. And, uh, you know, I, th I think that there's a lot of work to be done in Missouri. So I, I would love to do that some other time. We'll see. But um, I, it was it was a great honor. And I really appreciated getting to know so many wonderful folks in Missouri, you included, sir. So um, it, it was truly a blessing. And and I hope to have that opportunity again if, if, it, if it makes sense and if folks want that. So You've been working on behalf of all of us, my friend. So I guess on behalf of all of us, thank you for the work that you have <laughs> done, you. the work you continue to do. And uh, next time you break you know, news that will have a lasting impact on our state forever, maybe you can get a DM <laughs> early from Twitter. I'm just saying. Maybe they Please. send you an email If you're out early. there, let me know, folks. Yeah. <laughs> A lot gross. We will chat soon, my brother. Keep changing the world. Sounds good. You too, sir. If there's one thing that I found is as true as the sunrise, it's that I like being on there with hot sauce. The Casey Morning Show. Well, they say kids never come by unless they need something. Dad, I need your help. I'll get my coat. 30 years in the future, we are fighting a war. Our enemy is not human, and we are losing. We need you to fight. I will be back. And I love you, Chickpea. Seven days from now, when you're sent into that war, you won't be fighting for your country. You'll be fighting for the world. Is it all right? Yeah, going to war. Stop talking. Listen. Sorry, I, I mean, when I'm nervous, I talk. I'm like 90, 97 on the nervous scale. Is this any good? It's okay. It's a little trippy. I like Chris Pratt. I mean, whenever you're jumping into the future and jumping back to the present, it's, it gets a little wonky, but it works, though. It's a visual spectacle. And, um, you know, Chris Pratt, he's been in big movies before. He's trying to do his best Will Smith imitation from Independence <laughs> Day. He doesn't quite succeed, but he's watchable. It's a very entertaining movie. It's, it, you know, it's on Amazon Prime, so you have nothing to lose. You don't have to get off your couch. You don't have to get in your car. You don't have to drive anywhere. You don't have to pay for overpriced popcorn and candy and soda. So, yeah, it's worth the watch. And you talk to my guy, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt, what's he like? It's just a homie, man. He's like the dude you play like amateur league softball with. That's the vibe. Sean Edwards.
with Chris Pratt. Don, how are you, man? Good to see you. What's up? I'm glad you're together. Look, normalcy is happening before my very eyes. Yes. What a movie to come back on. I got to say, Chris, Chris, Super Pratt, Yvonne, uh, this movie's crazy, man. You guys are actually out there doing what like Tom Cruise and Arnold Schwarzenegger used to do back in the day. That's how big this movie is. This is this is a big cinematic extravaganza. We're going to do ladies first, Chris. I'm sorry, man. That's just the rule. So Yvonne. For the people, quickly break down the concept. What can they expect to see? This is a huge, big action alien movie. I mean, I think this really delivers, uh, you know, on all the things that you want in a big action alien movie. But I think there's some unexpected elements here, like a real strong emotional kind of bit of a tearjerker moment here and there, uh, you know, and some some lovely ties to what we've all been through coming out of a pandemic and just seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and and some nice little parallels. Oh, that's such a nice breakdown. Now, Chris, you've been in big movies before, but you ain't never did nothing like this before. Right. Talk about it. <laughs> this was cr- I love this. This was crazy, man. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. It's it's essentially, you know, takes place in both 2021 and 2051, where we're fighting against a a, a, a brutal alien force. And uh, for the fate of mankind rests on the ability for scientists to take soldiers from the past, a.k.a. 2021, and bring them forward to fight in the future. But the 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 group that goes forward is kind of a ragtag squad of 30 year olds and above due to uh, the rules of time travel in the world that we've created. So you got like chefs and accountants and people that should not be in the front lines of battle, just basically getting smoked by aliens. And so it's a lot of fun. It's uh, exciting. And uh, yeah, it's really unlike anything I've ever been able to do before. So I- I'm thrilled for people to see it. Well, you got regular people getting taken out by aliens because in the movie, they're bringing back the draft. Uh, how crazy is that, Yvonne? Because they're bringing back the what, sorry? The draft. The draft. People are oh. getting drafted. I know, yeah, which I think is super scary. I mean, it's one of the things when, as an audience member, when I'm sitting there watching it, you're thinking, my God, what, what would I do if I actually had to do this? You know, it's 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 a very That's powerful it. kind of element That's of it. the film. Thanks for making my summer just a little bit hotter. Oh, that's so nice. Greetings, Hartzell. Search the force, and a tremor I have felt. It was you. Your ego just busted a planet. The Casey Morning Show. Kitty, busy show. Packed show. Big show, baby. Hell yeah. On our way out of here, Kitty, what's that uh, What's that KC morning buzz, girl? First Fridays is back. That's right. I um, saw that. They have food trucks. There's going to be um, alleyways, you know, dedicated to art and vendors. I think I saw maybe there was like 100 some vendors are going to be out and oh, about wow. tonight in the crossroads. Bower's going to be open. Daisy Lee's going to be open. The mall. Eight- why would you go to the mall on first Fridays, Hartzell? Stop it. You're not funny. I love the mall. He's not funny. We put some respect on that mall. Mall name. people suck. You suck. Okay, fine. Anyways, it's going to be lit. I feel attacked. And I feel attacked. If we weren't going to the Monarchs game, and maybe we won't now, <laughs> I'd be there tonight. And maybe I will. How are you celebrating, Kansas City? Hit us up on them socials. Oh, yeah. Tell us what you're doing. Tell us your favorite, like, America theme song. If anybody blows up their hand, send us that voice memo. Would love to. Send us that voice love memo. To hear that. Yeah. Um, we keep stories. all your incriminating evidence on file here on the KC Morning Show. Catalog it for you. Hold it in case we ever need blackmail for you. That's all we got. A good day to be a Kansas Cityan. So good. So good. Bum, bum. So good. Happy Fourth. We'll see you in the morning. The KC Morning Show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the KC Morning Show.